guys, what's up? And welcome back to this week's episode of That Scale RC Show. We're on episode 58. I'm your host, Adam, alongside with Jay and Travis. And yeah, we're back, the three of us. I know it's been a minute. Um, got a lot of stuff going on. Um, you two are uh, drag racing on our normal recording nights now, correct? It's mostly just me. Travis shows up once in a while to watch me crash a car and then goes home. <laughs> uh, is that all you do is to just crash cars? I thought you were supposed to race. No, actually, like, it's been really fun, dude. Like, I got the car working really good. The, I switched from uh, Proline Reactions, their belted tire. I switched from those to running them with no foam. And it's a completely different car now. Like, it actually launches instead of getting super squirrely. And, like, it it's really, really fun to drive now. It, it's coming together and finally starting to be competitive. So I'm actually enjoying the whole thing pretty good. Nice. It's just so hard to find stuff, man. Like everybody's out of everything. It just it blows my mind that there's that much demand right now for this because it's just it is growing so fast. I almost feel like it's going to eclipse Scale RC. Well, honestly, I think it's not just that. I think it's a lot of stuff in general because I know. Like right now, or maybe it's just our Home Depot, but you go in there and there's. You walk down one aisle and they only have like three quarters of the shelf filled. There's like a, you know, there's like just gaps of missing stuff. And of course, it's the stuff you need. You're like, uh, okay, there's supposed to be a other, like I went in there for a shop light. The standard old school flat, uh, shop light that takes two, two fluorescent bulbs and they have nothing. And I'm going, uh, are you kidding me? crazy. So, I think it's just like what's going on right now. It's just hard to keep certain stuff in stock and I think people are just spending their money. So yeah, pretty much. But um yeah, I need to I need to work on my uh, drag car. Dude, that's a good time and I think what's crazy is like it's harder than I thought it would be. Like there's you actually have to do some driving sometimes. Like it's pretty fun cuz you just once you get the car dialed in and you've got like a shit ton of power on the thing, it's just all right, hang on. <laughs> like it's it's pretty fun, dude. I think yeah, it surprised a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. I mean everyone well, was like, "Oh, just going straight." Because because realistically, I mean your average person, like my, like even like myself, I'm gonna call myself average because I didn't try to spend a lot of money getting into that, you know, side of the hobby because I didn't know if I was gonna like it. I didn't know how often I was gonna do it, which clearly I've only been once, and I think part of that has to do with the COVID shutdown because the last time we went was in January. Wow, which is right before everything shut down. So, um, I mean, I took a slash tool drive spend about 150 bucks which would be body tires wheels wheelie bar and the lcg chassis threw it all together and said i have a, a street eliminator yeah i mean it doesn't take no. a whole lot i mean no it really doesn't then it goes then it can snowball from there like for instance i i had um I had a couple extra MKS servos laying around, so I just picked one, made it work. Um, I did spend some money on electronics. I tried to use some that I had laying around. They just weren't 
they just weren't cutting it. So had to do that. But uh, other than that, really, there's not a lot of money into it. Yeah, it's you see a lot of people going nuts, you know, like buying sway bars and just all kinds of stuff. But the cash days that we had a little bit ago, there was a SC 6.1, you know, the fancy, like, you know, the newest version, the nice short course from Associated that's mid-motor, aluminum chassis and everything. And the dude that was the other guy that made this, this, the finals had a DR10. Like, it, it's really weird because, I mean, people bought the DR10s and stuff, and they're like, oh, you know, they're not all that great, and kind of bagging on them a little bit. And shit, I mean, it they're every bit as competitive as the other cars. And it's funny, I mean, as soon as I... Like, I've been kind of upgrading it in baby steps, and it as soon as we went to, like, the 5.5 motor... Or, no, excuse me, the 4.5 eliminator, like, it really outgrew the... RTR setup with the wheelie bar and everything. So, ditched the wheelie bar and got a DRC one. And now you can actually like start pouring some power to the thing. And uh, it was funny because I, I thought for sure I needed a sway bar. But once I, because it, it was weird, it would get towards the end of the, the track and it would do this crazy like side to side dance. Like it would start to wheelie near the end of the, you know, near the finish line. And it would start like wobbling side to side really bad. And I started thinking about it and I wasn't using belted tires. I was using just the Hoosiers and they were growing so big that it was catching the body, you know, since it's an open mm-hmm. diff, you know, it would catch each side of the body differently. So it would just violently shake left to right and start, you know, doing this like death wobble on, t- on just the two back wheels. And, uh, I was convinced that I needed some sort of a sway bar setup and everything, and then as soon as I went to the belted tires, that problem went went away, and the car is just, like, super straight now, not, you know, scary to drive. You don't have to worry about taking out the dude next to you. Like, it actually works. So, I mean, you don't have to throw a shit ton of money at this. It's just, you know, kind of be wise about what you're spending money on parts-wise, and the cars are totally competitive, so... You know that it's not very often that somebody can do like what you did or what I did, get an RTR or take a RTR slash and convert it, and you can get into it super cheap. You don't need you know aero chassis and shit like that when you're just racing at a little local level. Yeah, no, I I get it, and that's you know, and that's like I think the cool part about it. Um, I and the other thing too is I I think the latest thing I got was I got those. Uh, I don't even know what to call them. The the wheel inserts from RC Bombshells. They're supposed to keep the tires oh. from. So I gotta pull. I gotta pull those tires back apart, throw those in there, and then see how it does. Because I do know after putting that big old Holmes Hobby motor in there, I had it up on the stand, and I punched it, and it turned those Hoosiers into freaking pizza cutters. <laughs> I'd be really curious to see how that works for you because so. Pretty much everybody going fast where we are right now is running belteds, and so I haven't seen anybody use those inserts yet. And I'm going to be really curious to see, like, I mean, I get that you know the centrifugal force of the foam is like pressing against the tire and stuff, and it's ballooning out, but you still have like all that mass of the rubber tire even with those inserts. And so I'm wondering, with centrifugal force, if the rubber has enough like weight to it to where it's still going to balloon and it's only going to contain the foam. So I'm, I'm really curious to see what you think of those because I haven't actually like talked to anybody to find out how well they work. 
Yeah, I don't know. All I know is that as soon as I saw them and they posted up on, I forget, I think I saw them on Instagram months ago, and I sent it to Tim Smith, and he said, I already have a couple sets ordered. And I was like, whoa. So, yeah. It's, it's kind of getting, this is going to be a shameless plug, but, like, we have a new product called Tire Wash, and it's not a tire sauce. Like, it's not a petroleum product or anything like that. And uh, there's a lot of dudes, like the fastest guys here are running tire warmers right now, and it's not even necessary with this stuff. So I, I was prepared to have to spend, you know, like 150 bucks for tire warmers, and I was like, you know, I want to be competitive at this, but I also don't really want to throw a whole lot of money at it because, you know, we have, like, some stuff planned for the summer and everything, Trav and I. And so, uh, you know, I just sort of was putting off stuff like that. But, man, now I, shit, I don't even need it. It's great. So I'm pretty happy nice. about that. Yeah, I know. Um, I was talking to Ryan Crowley, and he said he ordered some of the tire wash, I believe. Oh, yeah. I just gave him a bottle to try because he's super good guy and always supportive of our stuff and everything. So don't try it. See if you like it. Let me know. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, he was texting me because uh, it's always funny. He, uh, he texted me last week. What was it? I think he was texting me on Wednesday, and he goes, uh, he goes, oh, sorry, am I interrupting your guys' recording? And I said, oh, no, actually, we're not recording uh, on Wednesday to this week, so you're good. And he's like, oh, okay. And it's like, and I was like, besides, you can text me. It's not like, you know, I'm doing something like live, and my phone's going to go off, and everyone's going to see it. Ryan doesn't text me. He never gave me his number. That sucks. He didn't give you the digits? I feel left out now. Oh. I talked to him quite a bit. I always like talking to that guy. He's super cool. No, he's super cool, super laid back, super supportive. Um, he's got a big heart. He's an awesome dude. Awesome dude to have in your corner. Like I talk to him, Chris Trudeau. I talk to pretty regularly. There's, it's funny. There's a lot of our customers that are or not customers, but listeners that have just kind of become like. I mean, even though I haven't met a lot of these people, like just friends, and like they're just kind of part of daily life now. So it's been. It's kind of cool, like, it's actually sort of grown the circle of people that I talk to. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Chris is great, though. I really want to get down, because he showed me some pictures of where he lives and where he goes crawling at in Portland, and oh my god, dude, it looks like so much fun. So, at some point here before the weather turns too nasty, I really need to go down and visit him. It's like a five-hour drive, though, and it's, it's just, like, God, it's so hard to make yourself do something like that. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, that kind of reminds me, like, I want to say back in my heyday, but I don't, I don't know. That kind of sounds corny. Um, basically, back when I like was eat, sleep, breathe RC, probably like five years ago now, um, we had just met the guys out of Reading, um, which was the NorCal Crawlers. And they were having their event, and, you know, I was talking with Elio, and he's like, yeah, we should go check it out. So I think I drove two and a half hours to Elio's, then we hopped in his truck and drove, I want to say five, about five hours. So that was like an almost eight-hour drive for me. Um and yeah, I mean, like it. It didn't bother me. Like now, I like dread it because it's like I don't know why. It's just like I'm kind of like, oh, I don't want to be in a car that long. But back then, it was like I was like, oh, I didn't care. So, 
Well, before COVID hit and I could like go somewhere with somebody in the car, it was kind of nice, but I just, I get so tired driving places, man. Like I have to have the AC on loud music or somebody to talk to. Otherwise the like tire hum just puts me right to sleep. It's so terrible. Oh, I get what you're saying. Um, the tire hum when I'm extremely exhausted will put me to sleep and it was really bad. So, um, when I had the Nitto Mud Grapplers on my 94, just because I was like, I, at the time, I always liked those tires. I thought they were cool. I was like, I just want to run them. You know, I don't care how bad it makes my truck run. I don't care whatever. I just want to run them once to say I ran them, you know, whatever. So throw them on my truck, and I remember heading up to the cabin <sighs> Friday night after work, it's like 8 or 9 o'clock, it was just me, I'm cruising, I'm like in the back roads, and all I just remember dozing off, and just like opening my eyes, like having that feeling like, you know, like you're kind of like falling forward. Oh god, that sucks. I was like, this is bad, I need to pull over, because I mean, those tires, I'm not kidding, all my buddies would always know when I was coming, because it sounded like a freaking B-52 bomber coming down the road. Oh, those are the ones that look like they have, like, alligator skin on the sidewalk. Correct. Yeah, our friend Joey had those, and, uh, like, we used to go up to Bellingham and stay the night at his place, and then the next morning get up really early and go to the track there because it's about an hour and away from here. And Travis and I'd go stay with him and stuff. And, like, the times that we'd go somewhere in his truck with those grapplers on it was just the craziest sound and like towards the end of their life i swear to god i think they got louder it was oh, no. just they get, they get louder. yeah it's they're like boggers they get worse as they wear out yeah i couldn't believe that dude i was just like holy shit what is wrong with your truck dude because it's the same truck i have but um he his is a four-wheel drive and has a five liter in it and you know so i'm like I sit in his and it feels like, you know, like it's kind of like same thing as my truck, you know, and I get in there and I hear that noise. I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with your tires? Oops. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to say that. No, it's okay. Um, I was going to say, uh, so he has an F-150. I mean, the reason why I decided to do it when I on my 94 is because it was a solid axle swap because everything that I've seen and kind of heard – those tires were just so aggressive on IFS setup. It just chews up ball joints, idler arms, pitman arms. It was just like rough because they're if, just a really aggressive. Dude, if somebody makes a licensed version of those, those might go down in history as like the best selling tire, maybe besides the Swampers. Like, can you, can you imagine a 10th scale version of that? Like, dude, so many people would buy those. So the closest ones I've seen, who makes them? Because Elio just put them on one of his rigs. I don't know. But they're not licensed. That's the thing that blows me away. They're I wonder some, if it's RC four-wheel drive or something then. It's not RC four-wheel drive. It's a, it's really? an off-brand. Yeah, now, now I'm going to have to look. But, yeah, so I just I just remember, dude, those tires were so bad. We'd be cru- like. I'd be cruising. My buddies used to always tell me because my one buddy lives like two houses in off one of the main streets here, and I, he'd be like outside doing something, and he'd hear. <laughs> and he's like, "Dude," he goes, "I could hear you like a mile away," and I'm like, <laughs> and "I was sorry." 
You know, it's funny. One of the reasons why I got Falcon Wild Peaks on the F-150 is because I always loved how that tread pattern looked on the axial cars. Like, it's funny that that influenced my decision so much on buying a real, like, one-to-one version of it. That would be a great topic for a show sometime, is, you know, how many brands do you buy because of RC you know what I mean? Like, do you buy stuff that's like on your real truck or, you know, do you buy something for your real truck that you have on your RC because you like it so much? I mean, it'd be kind of curious to see like, you know, because if someone's a rigid fan or they buy in a lot of VP rigid, you know, light bars and stuff like that. So, I mean, it'd be kind of interesting to, I don't know, kind of pull people, you know, and like find out what influencer what influences their decision because if it's a comp if it's a one-to-one company that actually you know kind of supports the rc world then i tend to be a lot more interested in it if i'm gonna buy it well you know what's funny is it's like you bring up the thing about rigid like and don't get me wrong rigid makes some nice lights um we have them on michelle's jeep for the a pillar really nice lights the price is just overwhelming. You're just like, really? It's some like big boy. I buy a seventy thousand dollar truck every year pricing. Like it's for those guys, I think. You know, well, like serious, serious off roaders and stuff. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, like it's like it takes you back because I was like, are you like really? Because I think it was like a hundred dollars a pod. I was like. For, for lights, you know, like, and I mean, maybe I sound like a tightwad, but I mean, and I think part of that is because, like, I've found some reputable companies that, you know, they're not your Amazon ones, because trust me, I've done that. I got a couple, I got two sets of Amazon uh, pod lights on my 94. I got two floodlights up in the headache rack, and I got two spotlights, or vice versa. I might have spots, floods, whatever. I just know they're different. And, yeah, after it rains, you can see water inside the lens, you know, and all that, that stuff. And, I mean, what do you expect for paying 35 bucks for two lights? Um, but I kind of knew that going into it. Right. Now, if I would have replaced those with, like, rigid, you know, I wouldn't have any of those issues. Like, I get that. But there's a couple other companies that, um, like, I've found, like, there's this company called Black Oak LED. Uh, they're not cheap like that. So, like, if you want to get a set of pods, it's, like, almost 100 bucks for two not just one pod. So right. it's like you're kind of cutting the price in half and it's quality, you know, products that you're getting. So it's it's kind of cool finding stuff like that. But I mean, you know, like you're saying, it is cool to find those companies that, you know, support the scale stuff. But you also got to remember is I don't know if it's 100% that those companies support the scale stuff. I think it's they're just allowing other manufacturers to uh, license you know, their product. Right, which that that's good enough for me. You know what I mean? The fact that they're, you know, cool enough to let an RC company do it. Like, for me, that's enough to be like, okay, cool, you know, I'd consider buying their stuff then because they allowed that. Like, like Knight Customs has had, you know, Smitty-built stuff for a really long time, and that was kind of one of the reasons why, I mean, next to price, that was one of the reasons why I was looking at the Smitty-built rooftop tent too, you know? So it's, I'm kind of noticing this habit of like, wanting to buy RC stuff, you know, our one-to-one versions of RC stuff lately. Yeah, I get it. Um, it also makes, uh, if you ever want to replicate it, a lot easier because you can find it. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I, like I've I've kind of said that and you know for a couple different things like you know I wanted to do a replica build of my 94 and I'm like, well, where am I going to find those tires because those are the Cooper ST Pros and you know they're they're a very similar pattern to a lot of tires but they don't make that tire in the scale world like right. that brand like branded, you know, I can get tires that look just like it. So, you know, an episode on light bars and stuff like that wouldn't be bad for us at some point too. Yeah. You know, talking about different light bars. Cause like I, I have like some gripes about what's currently available and then there's some stuff that's out there that I've just super pumped on that I wish more people knew about. So that might okay. be kind of a fun, a fun one to do one of these days is get into light bars and stuff like that. Yeah. Because there is a lot of good stuff out there, too, and a lot of it's from smaller companies that people may or may not know about. Well, I can also probably give away a couple of my, I call them secrets, but the little uh, stuff, like the little things I've found that seem to work really well. Yeah. Yeah, because there's some stuff that's just crazy bright that doesn't cost a whole lot. I think, like, uh, my trick, R- not my trick RC. It was something like my trick RC, and they were out of Canada. I forget the name now, and I I'd hear about them all the time and see like a post about them daily, and then it just kind of started fading into nothing. One too many RCs, that's what it was. I haven't seen that name in so long, dude. Yeah, I haven't either. But remember, like it used to be like one of those things that I was almost every you know every discussion that there was about light bars and stuff. It seemed like that would pop up, and people were pushing that stuff. And now I just haven't heard a thing about it. It's kind of strange. Hmm. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully they're still around and doing good. Well, there's a. It's funny that you mentioned that because I was talking with um, with Todd Norton the other night, and we we're you know BSing about some stuff, and we were talking about you know companies and people that we've seen kind of phase in and out and like pop up and pop out, and uh, one of them being uh, Scalar Fab. I mean, they kind of like got a little quiet in the last couple months. Yeah. I still see their ads, like their paid ads on Facebook and stuff, but I don't see a lot of posts by them or anything anymore. Exactly, and that's what I was saying. It's just kind of like weird. You're like, whoa, like, you know, I hope everything's all right. I would imagine a business like that right now would be pretty overwhelmed too. I mean, with the way people are spending money on hobby stuff. And plus he's, Kate or uh, Jesus, Casey's his wife, um, I feel like such a jerk. I can't remember his name now. Troy, right? Yeah, Troy. Yeah, God. I can't Troy remember. and um, uh, Casey. Casey. Yeah. So. Loftus. Loftus. However you say the last name. Loftus. Yeah. Yeah. I I think he's doing some like excavation or heavy heavy equipment work right now, and so maybe he's like you and just super tied up doing that. I don't know. But yeah, it's it's strange. Like, I definitely miss seeing stuff about, like, Wordy Made and stuff like that, too. Like, I miss seeing Matt's stuff out there. Yeah, supposedly, like I said, he still does it, but I think he's, like, you got to get a hold of him direct. I don't know. Or you can only get it from hobby shops. I don't know. Uh, just super on the DL. Well, like, I think I mentioned this on the, podca- or on the podcast before. Like, I supposedly somebody came after him and was like all super offended and butt hurt about his name. What? 
Yeah. Oh, it was the it was the hand holding the wrench. Yes, that's, that's what it was. Somebody got mad about that and said it was theirs. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was something about his name. They were like all offended, so they wanted him to shut down everything and this, that, and the other. No, I I think it was the fist clenching the wrench. Somebody claimed that that was theirs, and that caused some sort of drama or something with him. I believe I could be wrong, but I for some reason that's really standing out in my mind. Well, the, okay, so there is a. I, I think they start. I don't know if they started out as a shop thingy and then they went to YouTube, or if they started out as YouTube and then went to like a legit kind of thing. But there's this, there's Busted Knuckle Films who d- does all this stuff, and their logo is a fist holding the wrench. But like, it's a logo that you've seen forever. It's based off of the one, the old school. It's the Busted Knuckle Garage, and it's got the rag tied around the finger. Huh. I don't know, but I don't know. Are you saying that you don't know? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, okay. I, I, I don't know. I'm just... It's the word I hear that comes through the pipeline. That's all I hear. Is I don't know? Well, no. I'm just saying <laughs> what I know oh. is what I told you. Oh. I don't know what's going on to clarify everything. Tomorrow, Travis and I actually get to go somewhere and drive crawlers. We're going to have to do some filming. Indeed. It's going to be fun. Is his intern going? No. Dude, Chris Trudeau referred to him as intern the other day, and it cracked me up so (laughs) bad. I was like, I love this. I was like, please, can we just eventually totally phase his name out, and he's just known as intern from now on. Like, It just killed me. He's like, yeah, "Yeah, I think you guys were talking about intern one day. I actually haven't asked. I haven't actually asked if he's going tomorrow. He would be so hurt by that. You need to ask that little feller. Give me a minute. He is um, going SCX twenty four crazy right now. So oh yeah, he he's he's kind of turning into this little wizard with three D printing, and so he's just going nuts making all this stuff. And he made a bomber chassis, but like whoever drew it, the proportions were so far off. Like the body and cage and stuff, maybe only covered like half the wheelbase of the car. It was pretty bad, but it's too bad because it the print turned out really nice like it looked sick but i don't know he's just definitely excited about the micros and stuff right now which i get they're super fun travis and i talked a bunch about that on the last episode and they're such a kick in the ass i would fully recommend any of the 24 scales to anybody right now if they're looking for something to just kind of switch things up and you know Try something new that, you know, if they're getting kind of tired of the same old thing with, you know, driving, which I can't imagine that happening, but if they're getting tired of the same old thing driving scale RC and stuff, the 24 scale stuff is pretty rad. Well, like I said, I want to do the, you know, the tube shark thing, but I just haven't really said, all right, let's get another rig and drop some money because that stuff's pretty expensive from. Oh, um, yeah. Shapeways. Shapeways. 
dude, all of their stuff is so gnarly. There was another printing service that I found, and I I should have written it down or screenshotted or something because it was quite a bit more affordable than Shapeways. So, and, and I think it was one of those things where you like upload your file to them and they print it for you. So you're not you're not like you know buying something from a store that's hosted on their site. You're actually just taking your own STL files and they'll print them for you, which is pretty cool. Like that, that seems like actually a pretty smart business model right now with all the files that you can find for free or, you know, like the night customs ones and stuff. I think the most expensive file he's got is like 25 bucks. So that's, if, if you can swing it, that would be a super good business to be in right now, especially because Shapeways has very little competition. Exactly. I'm looking it up right now. Just give me a second. I told Elliot he needs to draw a truggy bed. Like, if he can draw a truggy bed for the C10 axial body and then the Enduro Sendero body, like, a 24-scale truggy bed would sell, like, crazy, I think. Oh, yeah. You know what would be actually kind of cool is if he can make one that looked like the Trail Honcho one, and you could probably put that on... You could probably get like the SCX24 with the Chevy, and you could probably cut out the center and drop it in. Yeah, that would be cool. Like cut out the floor of the bed. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. What you're saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool. And then you could just take maybe cut the tailgate off and grab the bed sides and like pinch the bed sides in against the cage and stuff. That'd be pretty yeah. neat. That'd be like awesome. To, like to see somebody do that. Maybe I need to kind of push him a little bit and get him to draw something like that up because I really haven't seen anything like that yet. Well, don't push him too hard. He might push back. <laughs> nah, he's he's tough. He can take it. <laughs> so I have it pulled up here. So the Micro Tube Shark by, uh, what's his name? Mod19RC. Um, he said, so this is what it says. Required items is a complete SCX24. Now, the uh, I guess you could say the... Well, here's the rest of the parts you need. So he says, number two, you need a Mod 19 RC uh, frame. Uh, the specific chassis components, whether you got a Deadbolt, Jeep Wrangler, or C10. Uh, he says you need a hood and grill set, roof and rear panel set, left side body panel, right side body panel, and then all then these other ones are optional. Uh, fuel cell slash cooler cover, which is for the the back of it, seats optional, dash optional. Uh, he designed it around a certain micro servo, so he does make a servo mount that's supposed to you, allow you to put in a beefier servo. And then he said uh, he recommends the improved steering links, but not necessary. But if you break all this stuff down, I mean, it's like I'm looking right now. So the chassis is $53.99, and that... And then I want to say, see, I wish that's the only thing I wish they would do. Oh, I guess eh, that's kind of like it. But anyways, um, like the improved steering, that's another twelve bucks. If you get the servo mount, uh, that's another twelve bucks. I think each body side is like six bucks. Then if you, it's just like you just keep going down. I think by the time you're done, you got about a two hundred, almost two hundred dollars into just parts you need to make a micro shark. Wow. If you go that route. So what I wanted to do was get the necessities, like get the the chassis, get the servo mount, get the seats, dash, 
grill, and I was going to make all the other parts, like all the body sides, instead of it being a 3D printed item, I was going to make them out of Lexan. That's a good idea. Kind of keep it light and also be able to kind of make my own thing, and then that'll be a little cheaper. Sure. No, so that would be good. But, yeah, I'd like to do it one of these days, but like I said, then i got to get another SCX24 because I think I said it before. I only have two. The one is the one that was turned into a Suburban. The second one is the Jeep, so I have a hard time pulling that apart because it's supposed to be like the mini of the other Jeep, so it's like don't really want to pull that apart, so let's uh, go with something else. You know what's weird is I was looking up model bodies and stuff, and I really didn't find a giant selection of bodies that would be, you know, kind of suitable for building a crawler one of these. Like, it was really interesting. I thought I'd just find more stuff, but it's, I don't know. There's there's a Toyota that looks like the Trail Finder. There's, like, a late 80s, early 90s Toyota standard cab long bed and couple Chevy square body styles, and that's really about it. Like, I didn't see a huge variety, which was kind of disappointing. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I, I get what you're saying because, like, for instance, that Suburban body that's on the one that I have, it, it's not perfect. It kind of has to sit up high just to get it to work. I mean, otherwise, you'd be hogging out a lot of plastic to get the tires to go up into the wheel well. Oh, yeah. So I get what you're saying. But, yeah. Oh, we got to talk about the Gladiator, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. We haven't talked about it since we made our speculations. Yeah. Yeah, we also have a decent amount of questions. As well. Oh, yeah. Why don't we get that? Get the questions knocked out of the way, then? Okay. Um, first one is from top fan Chris Trudeau. Did you name that spider? I still don't feel comfortable saying <laughs> saying it. All right. Uh, uh, spider, what did I miss? The spider falling into my underwear in the bathroom. <laughs> How did it fall into your underwear? Was your underwear on or off? No, I'm like sitting on the toilet minding my own business, and there's the ceiling fan and light fixtures right above the toilet. Well, I'm sitting there, and... So I, I see something drop down and, like, land in my underwear, like, around my knees. And I look, and there's this shiny-ass black spider there. And I I really don't know how I held it together as well as I did because I, I'm not a spider guy. And I've had this thing about black widows ever since I was little because my dad got bit on the hand by one. And it, like, just started just eating his flesh, you know, like the venom mm -hmm. was. And so I've been just always like super paranoid about him. Cause I remember, you know, we had to go to the hospital and stuff and I remember him being all bandaged up and everything. Like it was kind of a serious deal. And you know, like just so much dumb shit happens to me that I was like, dude, I for sure would be the dude to get bit on the nuts by a black widow or something. So I'm like <laughs> sitting there like brushing my underwear and stuff. So I'm like sitting on the toilet, like trying to kick off my shorts and my underwear and like shake them while I'm sitting there to get the spider out. And so finally he comes cruising out and like I grabbed my phone and I was like, you know, I need to get a picture of this because this is like 
probably never going to happen to me again, hopefully in my entire life. And so I snapped one shitty picture before he like ran in between the floor and the toilet. So he got away, but yeah, it, um, it was a close call. And I, well, the, the good news is you're on the toilet. So if you shit yourself, at least you wouldn't really be shitting yourself. Well, yeah, he yeah. was also in a state of Zen being on the toilet. So he was able to react calmly to what was happening. <laughs> I think that's what it was too, because it's kind of my happy place. You like were you locked in. <laughs> you get to a certain age, and like you really do have to work yourself up to go to the bathroom and stuff, and just kind of just, you know, plumbing doesn't work as well as it used to or anything once you get older, and it takes a little more coaxing and stuff to get things out. And like I was already in a pretty good place mentally, like luckily enough, you know. And so as soon as it happened, I was just like sprung right into action like okay this is what we need to do to handle this situation dude and so, to talk myself through it without any kind of like major psychological damage so have you yeah. started taking like any fiber or anything <laughs> no no it's, <laughs> it's really inconsistent like I'm, I'm kicking around metamucil and i might actually start like taking like adult multivitamins and stuff so uh you know, uh, you might want to start Metamucil and some prunes for breakfast. Oh, dude, I, w- I want to be the crouchy, like, super grouchy old man <laughs> drinking prune juice every morning with his grape nuts. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh, Chris Trudeau has another question. Why are hard body builds so addicting? About to start a fourth hard body build. I've watched a few YouTubes on hard body prep and painting tips. Does Adam have any words of encouragement or helpful advice? This is going to be my first ground up build. Hoping to not cut the back out at all. Thinking a cantilever setup in the rear and traditional up front. I've seen those cantilevers work really well. Yeah, Wes has one and he loves it. Yeah, Brian Gillette always kicked everybody's ass with one. He did really good with this. So if you have the cantilever set up properly, it works really well. The problem I've seen with some of these cantilever kits, or maybe it's just the way it gets set up on the rig, is the fact that sometimes the cantilever gets set up wrong, and it'll end up having so much flex that the thing wants to just, like, it'll just keep going. Like, it'll never stop. Mm -hmm. And um, so, because I remember when I did the flatbed build for F. Axial Fest 2018 or 17. I can't remember. It's, it was the Prospector theme one. I think that was 17. Yeah. Um, I originally got one of those cantilever setups, and I had it all set up, and I was like, I just don't like this. I don't like the way it works. I don't like the way – like it's just too much. So what I actually did was I in, – I don't know if you want to say inverted is the word um, – I got a set of scale shocks and I put pen springs, cut them down a little bit, but put them reverse so it sucked the um, the shock shut. So basically, like if you lifted it up, it would kind of droop out. It would basically be like a droop setup kind of thing, and it would want to droop out, but ride height was like full compressed, so it wouldn't go any farther. So I ended up going that route with that rig just because. One, I like seeing shocks back there. When you run a cantilever setup, you're just staring at a rod, so it kind of, you know, 
doesn't really look like a shock, so it's a little funky looking um, if you're trying to go super scale. Uh, but other than that, the cantilever is pretty cool because the way it works is, and I, I think a lot of people get screwed up this way too, is the cantilever doesn't actually need a super large shock because it's pivoting, so you're using less shock to travel farther. And I think right. that's it's a lot of the stuff screwed up is people will sell a kit using standard like crawler shocks, and you're like, no, 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 no. Because that's going to just have so much play, it's not even funny. Well, I've also um, seen there's a guy here locally named Sean that did a really nice class one build, and he did a hard body on it, and he went with um, Proline seventy millimeter, uh, the Power Stroke Scalar shocks, and he ended up just screwing the upper shock mount. He bolted it to the frame rail, and the thing worked great. And he didn't have to do any hacking or anything. I mean, it was it was just like a real car. I mean, real cars don't have these massive yeah. shock hoops that go through the bed. And uh, some people were like giving him a hard time about it and stuff for whatever reason, which I'm not sure, but it worked really well. So I mean, that's another route that you can go to is just using yeah. little bitty shocks. Yep. So, um, as far as the hard body and the reason why it's like addicting is because the hard bodies typically you can get a little more detailed, so the build can just go that much farther. Um, the downfall is basically the time and patience it takes to get everything the way you want it because uh, with the hard body, you could cut it up, glue it back together, uh, use a little Bondo, you know, all that stuff, touch it up, sand it. Um, yeah. So basically, I guess the best way I could say is, like, for any kind of, like, tips, is have patience and have multiple tools and find the right one that you're the most comfortable with because there's a lot of people, like, scratch builders. They like using the snap and score method. They'll just, like, trace out the piece, and they'll keep tracing it, tracing it, tracing it with the blade, and then eventually just pop it out, then kind of, like, clean up the edges a little bit, start gluing together. Now, if you're cutting into, like, what I've done with, like, the clawed body is, and I know people probably frown upon this, but... I just use my Dremel with a cutoff wheel. Oh yeah, that'll work. I'm not. It's not the most conventional way, but I, it's just what I did. I just bought one of those Exacto razor saw blades. Uh huh. Looking forward to hurting myself with that thing, but it. Uh, yeah, be it, yeah, be careful. It's gonna those, be rad. Those things, yeah, those things, yeah, they can bite. Um, but yeah, that's what I used, and then basically what happens is it kind of burns the plastic, so then you just kind of have to break off the little burn parts that are left behind but I mean for what I was doing it worked for me so I just you know and that was part of being a little bit impatient because I mean that was back when you listen to people and they were like oh yeah I cut into the body using a dental floss and you're like yeah I'm not going back and forth the dental floss for six hours to make one little pie cut I don't think my fingers could handle that because like when I'm stripping wire and stuff soldering things like eventually my like skin starts to crack at my knuckles and stuff from the wire always being right there and like pulling against my skin. So I can imagine that dental floss would be kind of painful depending on how long you're having to use it. Yeah. And that's, yeah. So I was like, no. And then the only other method that I saw was like you said, the exacto saw, but even that kind of takes some time. So I don't know. Like I said, I could be impatient, I guess you could say, but that's what I used. Um, and it seemed to work. Um, and just 
the other thing is there's a little more forgiveness with it because even if like you don't get a perfect like the key is even if you don't get the joint perfect where it completely lines up i mean obviously if it could be perfect that's better it's less work with all the other stuff but if you don't all you have to do is kind of glue it back together and i always used a uh, Plastistruck or Plastruck or whatever it was called. It was an orange bottle. Um, and you put it on both sides of the pieces or the joint that you're trying to join together. And you put the pieces together, wait like 15 seconds, and it holds it there. Now, that's not the strongest um, bond, but it holds everything together because it's basically kind of like melting the plastic a little bit. But what I would do then after that is I would backfill from the side you don't see with another piece of plastic and, you know, more of that glue, so you're getting a little bit wider coverage, and then if you're even more paranoid after that, I do, like, a thin coat of, like, um, silicone on the backside, just, like, you know, use your finger to smooth it all out, and just kind of, and then that way it kind of gives it a little more um, rigidity, I guess you could say. I don't even know if that's a word, but we're going with it. Um and then, yeah, and then from the top side, all you have to do is Bondo, sand, Bondo, sand, putty, and then paint it. Definitely easier than Lexan. So Lexan, it's hard to make stuff look good when you do it, unless yeah, you're Jay. Is. Uh, you just got to be clever and hide stuff, hide your mistakes well. <laughs> Next one is from Elliot Chappelle. He says, try and get Travis to talk about the new EPX Pro. No. Just did. <laughs> All right. Request fulfilled, Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> he is coming, by the way, as oh, far as cool. I know. Right on. That'll be great. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know what there is to say about it. I mean, it's out. <laughs> I mean that's that's really it. It's it's, it's out fi- and people are buying a lot of them. It's finally done. So yeah. that means I can move on to other things, which is awesome. So yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean I guess if we want to get it like since I can actually talk about this stuff now, it's really just the new stuff is a LCG battery mount. It's also adjustable, you know, so you can do whatever you want with it. But also the rear axle link riser which to be honest with you jay would be able to attest to the performance of that more than anybody since he's the one who actually has the stick of time on it but yeah that's really that's really what it is is, is those two parts and they are very light more adjustments yeah it offers a lot more adjustments this way yeah that's essentially what's going on so yeah, if you want to get super geeky and fine-tuned stuff the pros the one to get yeah, exactly. Um, I'm shooting a video on it tomorrow. I mean, this episode will be out later than that, but as of the third, I'll be shooting a video on it tomorrow. And then that'll be a little bit more indicative of seeing it you know, out there in the wild because orders aren't shipping quite yet. So, yeah. yeah t- tonight I'm counting screws and bagging stuff, and then I still need to finish your car. Like, I- I've got a lot on my plate tonight. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so that's really it. So then, I guess moving on from that, 
Alex Sims. He says, some friends and I want to go night crawling somewhere. How do you go f- about finding a place to crawl at night? A lot of parks close at sundown. Where do you guys do it? Oh, man. Well, obviously we can do it at Die Hard, but we're really lucky for some reason because the parks here don't close until I want to say 10 or 11 up in Anacortes. And so in the fall and the spring and the winter, you know, sun starts to go down 4.35 o'clock and you can get several hours of night crawling in before the park's actually closed. So we're kind of lucky that way, but I don't know. I mean, advice wise for wanting to go do something like that, like wear some good shoes so that you have like really good footing because you do kind of miss a lot of things and trip over stuff. But the one thing I've found more important than having lights like actually on your truck is having light a headlamp, you know, like one of the elastic banded, you know, headlamps that people use for like hiking and camping and stuff that probably does more good than lights on your truck ever will. The lights on the truck are just kind of more for seeing fine details in the terrain and, you know, getting a little more accurate idea where it is and stuff if you're driving it from a distance, but they, they really don't help you a whole lot as far as like seeing where you're going. So definitely run a headlamp, but that's really kind of all the advice I have for that. And I mean, this kind of goes without saying, but if the park is closed, don't go there. Yeah, don't do it. It's not (laughs) worth it. I don't know how, you know, things like that go. I don't know if it's a trespassing charge or what, but it would probably suck to find out. So make sure you like call Parks and Rec or whoever is in charge of the land before you go and start mobbing around on it. Yeah. Um, Alan Bridgen. And this is kind of talking about the gladiator a little gladiator a little bit, excuse me. So this will be nice. So he says now that Axial has taken advantage of their adjustable length frame with the gladiator, do you see the other manufacturers following suit? Do you see the body companies also following? No. Yeah, I agree. Well, the unfortunate truth would be no, because the adjustable frame is nothing new. Um, that's kind of a carryover from Vitera, and if it never really went anywhere now, that could just be because it was Vitera, but it never really took off then. Um, I would like to see a couple more manufacturers, like, I don't know, maybe getting together and starting like to kind of find like three kind of like they do with the tires. You have like three common size tires. You have like around the 3.5 is kind of like a common, the tall 3.75, you know, and then obviously everybody else after that wants to run the small stuff. But like the XLs have always been kind of like a 3.7. So if the, if like manufacturers can kind of be like, all right, we all know the ideal, you know, wheelbase is, 12.3 what if they started making the long base wheelbases around you know 13 you know yeah, and then that, that would way- be so much better for like truck bodies and stuff because then you know it wouldn't look funny park next to like a jk or a jl you know what i mean because that's what i was getting at because the hardest part is like i that's why like i i have a hard time when i bring out like the clawed body that thing's so tiny I parked that next to the SEX 10.3, and it, you might as well call the clawed body an S10 because the thing's so tiny. But in real life, they'd be like this. The, the truck would be huge. Yeah, that that whole scale thing has always bothered me. But I, I don't know. It'd be. I think the long wheelbase stuff is rad. I think if you're going to do something like the Gladiator, that 
that was like an absolutely necessary move, I think, for Axial to do this well and have it look accurate. And honestly, like long wheelbase stuff is actually pretty fun to drive because I mean they they actually climb stuff really really well. So I would like to see more people follow suit. Whether or not it'll happen, I kind of feel like it won't. Yeah, I agree. All right, um, Eli Hazen. Have you ever had an injury from RC? About a year ago, I was installing a motor in ESC in a Thunder Tiger MT4 G3, and when I went to calibrate the ESC, it took off, flipped upside down, and one of the tires got me on the arm. I usually either remove the tires or pull the pinion when I calibrate, but I got in a hurry that day. Lucky for me, I had plugged in a 4S LiPo to calibrate it and not a 6S LiPo. Oh, my God. <laughs> Besides seeing people just take an eight scale straight to the forehead, I can't. I personally haven't seen anything. I, I mean, I took. Or I had a, anything. I took an electric truggy to the chest. That sucked. But I think most of the times that I've hurt myself, it's just working on stuff, just busting a knuckle. Or there was that one time that I slipped with a two mil driver and sunk it into the palm of my hand until it hit the hit my middle finger knuckle oh yeah that was fun starts at your palm yeah that hurt really bad yeah usually i just you know i jack myself up working on stuff not so much driving them <laughs> I, if i get hurt driving it's usually tripping and falling over something <laughs> what about yeah, you Adam? i can't say that i ever took an rc car. i mean the most i've ever had is like somebody accidentally pulls the trigger and it like hits you in the ankle or something like that but that can hurt pretty good too, depending on the truck. Yeah, I, yeah, true. Um, next one is Andre Campos. Do you think Proline by the Fire is going to move location more north or more south? I've heard a lot of rumors, and I have no idea. None of us know anything. Yeah, right who knows now. at this point? Just I don't think even keep, Proline keep knows right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, we've heard both. We've heard it's going to be rescheduled, and we've heard it's going to be moved. So I just hurry up and wait and see, I guess. Yeah, that's kind of all we can do. I mean, we could speculate, but I I don't – we have nothing to base off speculations. Yeah. Um, Greg Thrailkill. That's a badass name. Dude sounds metal. That is – yeah, I have a guy on the other show um, – that's a, a big fan of ours over in Montana. His name is Angus Matheson, and this name challenges that. Yeah, those are both pretty strong-sounding metal names. I yeah. like it. Those are guys who compete in feats of strength. Yes, logging <laughs> challenges and stuff. Yeah. Um, Greg Thrillkill asks, what do you think the next big thing in crawlers is? We kind of answered a question like this last week, didn't we? I, think I don't remember. Maybe dude. Like life has been such a blur this week. I'm terrible. I don't remember. <laughs> the next big thing, the EPX. Shit, I wish. <laughs> that'd be great. Well, that'd be rad. Um, you know, I. Someone asked. I think it might have been Jeremy. I think he asked what the next big trend in RC was last week, and I can't even remember what we answered. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think we said what we were hoping it wouldn't be, which was portals. Which is portals. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I think that was it. As far as next big thing in crawlers, um, I mean, what could be done 
that hasn't been done. At this I would point. like to see RTRs come with more channels on the radio and have it to where you can like turn lights on and off with them. I think that would be a really cool feature on RTRs and stuff now. That'd be cool. That'd actually yeah. be really cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't think of anything. That, that might just Honestly, have to be the answer. Yeah, I can't think of anything either. Um, because I mean, like, you got to think about it too. If you haven't noticed, the name of the game is the more stuff that they pile on the car, the price goes up too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, look when the TRX4 came out, when you had selectable lockers and servos and all this stuff. I mean, the thing was like a five hundred dollar car, and you're like, whoa, you know, like that just like blew everybody away because they're used to like the low to mid three hundred, you yeah. know. And now everybody's starting to add more stuff to it, so there's a lot of trucks that are four to five hundred dollars now. If you start looking, exactly. So, I mean, I don't know. We were just talking about that last night because we were like, you know, hey, we should get a Gladiator. So, because you know, we felt we could sell a lot of wraps and stuff for it. But, dude, by the time you add like tax and shipping and stuff, it was over five hundred and some odd dollars. I was like, no, I can't do it. I'm just buying a body. But see, that almost doesn't even make sense because, like, the JL was, I think, north of 140 for just the body, and that was like getting a little bit of a break on the price. But like, dude, the I can't imagine how much this Gladiator is going to be. That thing is probably going to be, I would guess, like 175, 200 to buy all the stuff to do that body. You have me looking now. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, the Axial SCX-10.3 Jeep JL four-door right now on a main is $50. But then you got to buy the interior. you got to buy the fender flare. You don't have to buy the interior. And you well, don't. that's true, actually. You don't. And if you were to get um, the fenders, I wouldn't even buy the Axial ones. I'd get the Knight Custom ones because they look better. Yeah, that's true. You could do that. So realistically, you'd be close to about a hundred dollars to do the body. I'm just used to like Lexan bodies being around fifty bucks. You know, like well, it, it, it seems like that was pretty normal for a while. But I mean, you know, like everything with it. You know, like back back then, you know, the majority of Lexan bodies, you didn't have a bunch of molded plastic parts to go with them or interiors or anything. So, so, so realistically, yeah, all you'd need is the fifteen dollar exterior body detail pieces, which would be the windshield wipers, the hood the whatever the cowl or the um where the windshield wiper is attached to the door handles tail lights all that stuff the hood vents that's 15 bucks like i said i'd save and not get the axial um fenders and i'd just go straight for the night and then what else do you need that's really about it and then it already comes with the sticker sheet and the mask for 50 bucks. so, yeah. Actually, you know what? I could see, as far as trends go, I could see more molded plastic scale details, actually, because the Trail Runner had a whole bunch of stuff. The JL and the JT both have a ton of molded plastic stuff. The Vanquish truck does. Like, I, I think if there's any kind of a trend going on right now, I think it's way more realistic stock bodies. 
which is yeah. awesome. I, I hope everybody jumps on board with that because it's rad having like you know radio antennas and wipers and stuff come on what you buy. So it seems like everybody's kind of shifting gears and working towards making them look more realistic. So I, I guess I could say that that's sort of a trend that I see happening. Is the Gladiator the same way? With what? Yes, it is. Okay. With all the pieces you buy, you yeah. Mean? Yeah, it's. It, I mean, the thing's sick, but. Well, because I'm looking at it right now, yeah, it's got the same hood louver things. It's got all the door handles, the windshield wipers. Um, it's really got everything's the same. Probably the only thing that's going to change are the tail lights and the vertical handle for the tailgate. And the bed rack is awesome. Yeah, bed rack's pretty sick. Yeah, it looks really good. They did a nice job on that. Yeah, I can't wait for this body to be available because because I already thought about it. Um, I have another chassis laying here, so I plan on just I'll just make longer links, and if I have to extend the chassis, I'll extend the chassis. But I'm just planning on making longer links and making it work. Yeah, that's a good idea. Sweet. Um, the last question is from Mr. Colin Branch. He says, "How do we get Travis to come back to no prep?" Um, I'd have to give his car back and I'm not really wanting to do that. I, the answer is you don't, <laughs> we'll go with that. Just done over it. Huh? I mean, not even worth getting into. Not I think that you might, into. if you drove the car now, I think that you would be, like, Oh, I'm oh, sure. But it had nothing to do with the cars. Nothing I tell you what, it. it's, you know, like that level of excitement when you're on the driver's stand, like waiting for the start and stuff like that, and you kind of get like butterflies and stuff. Yeah. Like this is going to sound really dumb because I hate when people describe something as, dude, it was such a rush. But like, honestly, like you do get kind of a little bit of a rush with the drag racing because you're just holding on for dear life, dude. Like it's, they're going so fast and you know, you got to drive them so hard if something starts to get out of shape on it. And like it, it's actually a little bit of a, adrenaline rush and it and it's different than other types of rc racing like you get a totally different feeling from it you know and it's i don't know it's it's pretty cool it's it's actually exciting and it's exciting to watch yeah yeah i do i do like the fact that you at least come and hang out when when you can though like that part's cool because yeah. i do enjoy doing that with you because i mean like not to get all sappy with like dad stuff and everything but like i really do have fun you know doing stuff like that with you and so like if there's something i'm into and you're not it definitely like detracts a little bit from the fun factor because it's something i want to be doing with you oh that's so sweet <laughs> yeah no, i i know but it's just one of those things. Like I said, it's not even worth getting into. I mean, if anything on my like I last, I, mean, I, I know what's going on. I get it. If, if anything in my last like couple combined shows between this podcast and the last one, I've made my feelings on the scene pretty clear. So yeah. Sorry, Colin. Yeah. You're, you're stuck hanging out with the Kendall 1.0 instead of 2.0. <laughs> Um, that's it for questions. So we can move on to, I guess, the main topic, which is the gladiator. Cause we actually haven't had a real opportunity to discuss that because the last time that we talked about it, it was not out yet. Or actually, I'm not sure it was even announced. 
So we, no, we had only seen the leaked pictures. That was it. Uh, yeah, it was we, like a picture of the box. I think. Yeah, and we kind of deliberately did not talk about it last week because Adam wasn't here. So yeah, yeah. So now it's out, and it's you know. Well, I guess we kind of talked about it a little bit last week, and one of the main points that I guess I had was that it, I. <laughs> The Gladiator, you see like a, a one-to-one Gladiator, it is a weird-looking truck. And they're big. They're yep. massive trucks. And it's the the lo- more that I see them driving around, the weirder they look to me. So, really? yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they're not cool by any means, but I, I understand the challenge that is presented to a designer when they are forced to make that vehicle. Axial did a really good job, like yeah. a really good job. Yeah. I think that they made the with you know obviously they had to keep the crawler elements right, and I think keeping that in mind with that platform, I think they did the best job they could have making it look correct. There's not much I would change about that other than the portals, honestly. Well, that'd be my only gripe is the portals. Yeah, I mean, the body itself, I have no complaints about it. It looks real. Like, I mean, I I think it's, I don't know. I don't want to get in trouble for saying this, really. But, I mean, like, I I think out of the box, because you can make the Trail Runner look really freaking real with all James Knight stuff. But out of the box, I really do feel like that Gladiator is the most realistic representation of a real car in the RC world right now. Well, yeah, that and That's the JL. That's a pretty bold statement. Yeah, that and the JL. Those yeah. two, they did a really good job. Yeah, I mean, it. I don't know. It's pretty tough to fault them on this thing. It's sick. I mean, makes me want one, you know, like for work and stuff. I think it'd be a wise decision. Yeah, like I said, I want one too. I, the, at the price tag, I might have to pass. Um, but... That's just because also, too, like I said, I have a lot of the stuff here to make a car. I have the chassis, have the transmission, have axles, you know. So it's pretty much all there. I would just have to get creative and make it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a great-looking rig, um, and I am with Travis on that. That rig, especially when you get C1 bone stock, is a fugly rig. It is not the greatest looking, you know, thing. It's it's kind of funky looking. Um, once they're lifted, wider tires, you know, all that stuff, it it really looks a lot better. Yeah, wheels and tires on those probably makes more of a difference on that truck than almost any other vehicle that I've seen. Like it turns it into something so much more badass. Like it just. They well, stand out a lot more. Like I think that's just like Jeep in general. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, because cause, okay, because you watch. Okay, so you see like a Jeep, like for instance, Michelle's JK rolling down the street. Yeah, it was a good looking Jeep because of you know it had a nice, it has the nice package on it, but it looked like every other Jeep. You know, it's just a Jeep. Once it had the the lift, the tires, the wheels, it totally changed the whole look of that thing, and now it's a lot. You know, I guess beefier looking. It just looks a lot like more like a what you th- when you think Jeep, you don't think of this stock thing rolling down the the road. You think of something with winches, bumpers, 
um, big tires, you know, all that stuff. You think of something that's going to go out and conquer off road. So, I mean, I think they kind of—it's kind of the same thing with the Gladiator. The Gladiator comes out, meh, it's all right, you know. And then you start throwing all the stuff at it, and it looks really good. You know what's messed up is I'm looking at the specs on this thing because I wanted to see what the wheelbase was. And when you get to wheelbase, at least on the A main page, it just says adjustable. There's no figure there. Uh, I thought they said it was 13. It's there. It's it's somewhere, isn't it? Oh, there it is. I see it. It's um, it's under features. 13.9. Yep. Almost so that thing's 14. almost 14 inches. That's sick. So, yeah, no, I I think it's, I, I like it. I want to see one in person because I have a feeling, like, physically it's going to look very large just sitting there on the bench, you know. But, yeah, I like it. Um, I guess I was off because if I remember correctly, I made the prediction that it was going to be around 13.3, 13.4. So I was off a little bit. I I think I was wrong. I don't remember what I guessed, but I'm pretty sure I wasn't close. I thought we were all kind of like agreeing that it was going to be at least 13 or longer. I can't even remember what I said. Well, because when you look at like the Traxxas, um, the Defender, that thing is 12.8, I want to say. And it looks really, really big. Like I, I was having a hard time imagining something being over thirteen inches. But man, almost fourteen—that's gnarly. I mean, I think the overall length of it was almost two feet, twenty-two and a quarter inches. Dude, that's big. Yep. Seven pounds with no battery or anything in it. Yeah, and and like you were saying, you know, long wheelbase vehicles, they they have their disadvantages, but they also have their advantages. So it's going to be kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, anymore, like if you have at least forty five degrees of steering in a rig, which I think almost anything you buy now does, they really turn pretty easily, and they turn even better when you add overdrive. So I mean, you take something long like this, and you put like overdrive gears in either the diff or, you know, in the portals, because I think you can use the overdrive ones from the Capra on this thing. Dude, that, I mean, that long wheelbase, that thing is going to climb so well. Like, the that U4 truck that we built is 13 and a half, I want to say, and it turns on a dime. Like, there, there's no issue. So, I mean, any of the modern platforms turn good enough to where I think that you can lengthen the wheelbase on them and not lose a whole lot. I mean, I don't even know if a real car has 45 degrees of steering, do they? I have no idea, to be honest. Yeah, same here. That's never anything I've ever seen published about a real car. Um, But the other thing real quickly about the turning... Especially if you, you know, are not going to go like me and just go with the body. If you're going to go with the actual axial rig, it has digs, so you could always lock the transmission and that's make a U-turn. So yeah, that's true. That trans is a trip. I I'm kind of curious to see what that thing looks like because I just looked and where it says spur gear, it says it's a forty tooth. Like I'm so used to seeing, you know, like anywhere from like 77 to like 87 tooth spur gears a 40 tooth is so little like I'd be really curious to see what this thing looks like 
I mean, you've had it apart, you know, but like just, I don't know, a 42 spur just seems really strange in my head after being used to other stuff for so long. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Given we mess with like 87. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty rad. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good looking rig. Um, I'm excited to see when the, uh, either the kit and or all the individual parts start becoming available. Yeah. Were you on a main looking for parts? Is that what you were doing? Yes. They don't show the body or anything yet? No. The only body they have is the Proline one, which I think I've voiced my opinion on that enough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think maybe a lot of people did. Which goes back into what we said earlier about when you're trying to keep everything on the same, you know, platform base, like meaning you're trying to keep it around the 12 and a half, 12.3, that's the issues you run into. Now you're dwarfing everything and it just looks funny to get it to work. That's tough. Like that, that really is like a tough situation as far as like from a design standpoint, you know, trying to make something that is going to sell well because it does fit multiple chassis, you know? So, I mean, it's, I get that your hands are kind of tied, you know, like that part of it, I, I understand. So I just Googled for you, what is the maximum steering angle of a car? 30. Travis knew it. Did he look it up, or is he just smart? No, I Googled it. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it they like five minutes ago. Really, the only thing I've ever heard anybody talk about as far as steering angle goes is with, like, drift cars. Not RC ones, but, like, real ones, because you see just ridiculous steering angles on real drift cars. And yeah. they're, they look a little bit closer to what, you know, scale RC ones are, because... Like, 45 is a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you are not getting that on any kind of off-road vehicle. Yeah, no. That's pretty crazy. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's all there really is to say about the uh, Gladiator. Yeah. 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 Because it's still still the same platform. It's SCX-10.3, which, yeah. My only other gripe about that is the uh, portals, but we all know Axial should be releasing a non-portal conversion kit in the near future, so... That'll be pretty cool. Always an option. You know, that transmission looks like the Vanquish VFD and the SCX-10-2 kit trans had a baby, and this is what happened. Like, that's what this thing reminds me of. I agree. Like, the trans is really cool. Honestly, like, the only thing I really don't like besides portals on this new platform is the battery being in the back. That's the only thing that really bothers me. Which, I get you can use a little baby one on the side, but, I mean, like, when I go crawling and stuff, like, I want to be out somewhere for hours. You know what I mean? Like, I want to drive for a long time. I don't want, you know, like, a 1,300 milliamp battery pack. I want, you know, like... 4,600 or more so that I can just take off and be gone for a while without carrying a bunch of batteries. And I think that's kind of like the only thing that I really don't care for is just that tray set up and looking at this thing, the floorboards and stuff are so long and I would think you could probably make a different style battery tray for this pretty easily. 
Yeah, but I think what they're trying to do because um, after holding the SCX103 in your hand with and without a battery, the amount of forward weight that it has with that battery being sideways mm-hmm. um, or adjacent to the way that the transmission and the motor's mounted, it actually keeps the weight really equal or close to still like a 70-30 split. Yeah, I could see that. There is a lot of electronics and transmission and stuff piled up on top of the front end of this. Like from the centerline vehicle or the center line of this vehicle forward, I mean, it's it's just like every available bit of room in the chassis they've used, you know, trying to hold stuff in there and, you know, get everything to fit. So, I mean, I, I get for like weight bias having it in the back. I just, I would prefer to see it like just behind where the rear drive line attaches to the trans. I think that would be a good location for it. That's what I would do if it was me. So are you going to re-engineer the car? No, no. (laughs) I know it's funny to talk about something like that when, you know, we're preaching all the time, like, you know, hey, people that draw these are pretty smart. You know, you can't get on Facebook and say what an idiot they are because they, you know, there's reasons why, you know, a front end is a three link with a pan hard and not a four link with, a pan hard, you know, like there's there's stuff like that. So something to consider. Well, you don't. Well, that's also general. Um, yeah, like, like re- regular automotive stuff. Yeah. yeah. There's no most four links don't have a pan hard because it binds. I remember when the SCX2 came out, a lot of people didn't understand that. And I think it was guys that were kind of new to the hobby. Like they, they were just were like, well, this is messed up. It's not right. I'm going to, you know, take those off and make it a four link with a chassis mounted servo. And like, you know, that doesn't work because of bump steer. And like, we're seeing that whole conversation start all over again with the element pages. Cause I think it's a lot of guys that are new to rock crawling and stuff are buying those as well. And, uh, I, it, it's just weird seeing this entire conversation be revisited again when, you know, you're like, think that people kind of would understand that, you know, hey, this is something that's very well planned out, you know, to put something like this together. And it takes a lot of work and geometry to make it work right. And, you know, you're you're not like fixing something that they forgot to do, you know. Exactly. Oh, you know what? I don't think you saw it, Adam, but we saw a super funny thing yesterday that is worth mentioning. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It was on one of the DR10 pages. Travis actually sent me the screenshot of it, and it, <sighs> dude, I I passed it around to, like, everybody that I knew last night at the drag oh, races because it was one of the funniest things I've read in a long time. It can't be serious, can it? Like, no, I mean, I, I feel like the guy might then, be trolling or no, something, but at again, the same I don't time, know. dude, I've seen some pretty dumb I've people, seen this though. before, but, I mean, this was probably the most overt reaction I've ever seen. Yeah, so here you go, Adam. Well, I got the DR10, and whoever decided that Allen Head was a good idea is a fucking idiot. I'm so disappointed with this that I don't want to be part of this hobby, so let the morons that made this, that they just lost... Yeah, not super great English, but um, part. I don't want to be a part of this hobby, so let the morons that made this just lost a customer and a hobbyist. I'll just put my stuff in a dumpster. See ya. <laughs> wow. 
like the first comment I saw some dude saying over an Allen wrench. <laughs> like I would imagine by now, like this dude's gotten pretty lit up or people have realized that it was maybe a joke or something, but either way, like if it's real, I'm not in the least bit surprised. It didn't deserve to get taken seriously. Wow. No, it was, it was funny though. Like <laughs> definitely a lot of people got a good laugh out of that. I, uh, I just, I don't know. There's some things that I've seen people get upset about, and I just, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Yeah, it just, we had a guy super mad about our EPX Pro kit. Like, there was actually two guys. One of the dudes was, like, just super dickish and was like, this will never be a G-Speed or a blah, blah, blah. I forget the <laughs> That might be my favorite. And, That's probably, like, the favorite single line out of that whole thing is this will never be a G-Speed. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like, dude, he wanted to hurt us sure? so bad. Like, this will never be see, a blah, blah, blah. See, and it's like, well, no, you're right. It's completely fucking different. This stuff, dude. like, that stuff does not bother me in the slightest because those people... I, I was talking to him about this yesterday. And I was like, those are the type of people like you tell them that two plus two equals four. They're going to try and argue with you. Like they just, they got to voice their opinion and they think that they speak for everyone else. It was like, it was the G speed thing. And then it was like, it was like, I just hate to see people waste their money. I was yeah, like, well, yeah, but like- if, if G speed <laughs> is your standard, then yeah i mean it's like this is so much more than flat rail chassis like it's more than an lcg chassis with just you're buying two frame rails like there is billet aluminum anodized components that go with this like it is not even remotely the same thing it's it accomplishes the same thing but in a different manner and i tried to explain that to this other guy and when somebody would be you know ask a question or be like oh man i need to order this kit and he would comment on our sor page you know get a lcg chassis instead you know, like, he felt so strongly about this. Like, I'd never seen two people more upset over some parts being released. You never like, know, though. Like, they had an odd reaction to You never it. know, though. I mean, like I said, it, I mean, people are just funny that way. I mean, it doesn't not particularly bother some, but it's like, you never know if it's like if it's just some jackass that has a buddy who makes frame rails that's kind of what i thought like dudes you know cutting out frame rails with a jigsaw in his garage and selling them on facebook marketplace i mean yeah the thing is is like you can't rationalize it at the same time but it's like well i never made this in mind for replacing frame rails it's just another option and if you if if you you if you want aftermarket rails then Get aftermarket rails, but not everyone wants to do that. I I never had any interest in doing that. So yeah, this like, is something I, that I speaks really to me. I don't really want big stainless steel shiny frame rails in my ultra scale build that I make. You know, like I want like, and that was kind of our thought process behind making everything black. Is want it to be inconspicuous. You know, like you can build a cheater truck and not have it all the stuff just stand out like a sore thumb you know like you actually have to look for it on ours and it just sort of blends into the rest of the black parts that come on them you know there's no there's no bling or anything so like with what we're selling it's perfect for like class one builds and things like that you know when you can't get away with having a 
you know, flat rail LCG chassis on a class one rig, you know, and then there's the whole other issue. If you go with aftermarket frame rails of trying to figure out a pan hard mount and stuff like that, and then your link length and everything. I mean, element did all that work for you, throw the hard plastic parts on it and then our stuff and you're done. And you actually end up having more adjustability than you would have with just a regular flat rail chassis you know and it's just in my mind all of that makes so much sense but like these dudes were so upset by it and yeah. it was just the strangest reaction i've seen somebody have to something being released yeah but you know it's how it goes i mean i i knew from the get-go that there would at least be some people who saw this and you know they had to fight tooth and nail against it and that's that's okay. I mean, I, th- I think I was expecting to see that when we put the EPX out the first time earlier in the spring. <laughs> yeah, I, that's I, true. I, I think I was expecting to see it then, not when we release the upgraded version of it. You know, I, yeah. I think I figured this probably would have already happened by now if it was going to happen. So, you know, I think it kind of took me by surprise. Yeah, fair enough. I don't know, man. People are just weird. They really are. Strange how that works. But the majority spoke, and that's the important part. And we've sold a shit ton now, so I'm super excited about that. So, yeah. so what if somebody wants the EPX kit and super blingy? How do you accomplish that? Krylon. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I get, don't know. Like our, titanium our hardware. Just no bling, dude. Just basic black, no bling. That, that was something we decided really early on with this is – we don't want it to be super visible. Get titanium hardware, anodize it all gold. Oh, yeah. Gold is Adam's color, too. It is. You're giving him ideas now. You are giving me ideas. There you go. See? I have contributed to tonight's show. You have. And, and next weekend, one. so check this out, Adam. Next weekend, Travis and I are going to travel to a place here in Washington that we've never been to before, that we've only seen pictures of, and we are going to video the entire experience from in-car footage driving there to camping and, you know, sitting around the fire talking and stuff and driving and, like, we're going to – it's going to be really cool. Like, think, like, Expedition Overland meets – Percy is kind of what we're doing. So it's something that he and I are super, super excited about. And it it's kind of like what we were hoping to do, you know, getting you up here is, you know, just like do some small trips and just, you know, because everybody gets kind of tired of watching videos, you know, that are three minutes long set to like dubstep music and stuff. And it's like, that is something that's super common in the hobby. And we want to just take like a different approach to it. And the, the tricky part is now that there's like the podcast and SOR and stuff like that, it's like, well, what banner do you do it under? You know what I mean? Because it could work for either one. It's going to be MTV's real world SOR edition. Yeah, that's right. Orange County choppers, but with RC cars. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are going to be throwing chairs at each other? I yeah. would probably hurt myself picking the chair up, so it would be mostly just Travis kicking uh, kicking the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and me just crying in a corner going, dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's exciting. I think it's going to be really fun, and I'm hoping it's going to be kind of a fresh look at the hobby and some things that are normally not shared and 
stuff like that. So I don't know. It's, it's been fun. We've had a lot of fun just doing our little like weekly videos that we've been trying to put out. And that's been a really good time and we've gotten good reception to that. But it's one of those things. It's like, I want to do it for SOR. I want to do it for the scale RC show and stuff. And it's like, well, kind of got to pick one. You know what I mean? So I don't know. No, I hear you. Cause we don't want to like do it under SOR and then start sharing it to the podcast page and have the podcast turn into like an SOR thing. That's like my big, like my big fear is talking about what we do too much on the show and having people think that, Oh, this is, you know, just another advertising tool for them. Like I feel really strongly about making sure that doesn't happen, but at the same time, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just saying, I don't know why you're worried about that because Tim Smith says it all the time. He goes, I'm going to put a shameless plug wherever I feel like it is my show. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not that guy. Tim, I love Tim. Like, he's a great dude. And he is one of those guys that, like, sticks to his guns really, really well and doesn't cave to people. And, like, they say shit, and he's better at, like, letting it roll off than I am. And so, like, whenever we do something like this, there's always a lot of things that I worry about, even though maybe it's not necessarily worth the time worrying about, you know, if that makes sense. Well, I get it. Cause that's how I am. I, I just, I don't let anything really bother me at all. I let it all roll off the back and I don't, and I, and yeah, I'm pretty a firm believer of, you know, sticking to my guns. So, yeah. but on the same note, like SOR stuff does kind of make like some content conversation with what we're doing with the podcast too, though, you know, well, because it's stuff people normally wouldn't hear or, you know, see or hear us talk about, you know, like you, you don't really get that behind the scenes look at stuff from other businesses. Well, that's why I shared it to Instagram the other day. You maniac. <laughs> why am I, I a maniac? I don't know. You just are. You're bold and without fear. Bold and beautiful? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, do we have anything well, left? We're right in an hour. I half. feel like that was kind of everything. I think that was it. Jay saved the best for last. <laughs> what was that? The getting bit on the wiener by a spider? No, that was like forty-five <laughs> minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, was what are you talking about? The best, the best for last can't be talking about video. Like that's so humdrum. Like not interesting. <sighs> No, I said you save the best for last. Talking about all your own products for the oh, end. Oh yeah, I suck. No, I don't care. You have, <laughs> you guys need no. You guys need to promote your stuff. So promote. Yeah, it. but I I just don't want this. Like I don't want to intend to use this for that. Didn't you tell me that this was that when I did an like an outro and intro that I should say that it's an SOR Media production. Yeah, we did talk about that, which I haven't talked to Adam about any of that, though. Fair. I don't care. Because since we did the editing and stuff, and Trav started doing video stuff mm-hmm. and everything, you know, I started thinking about it. I was like, we should do just, like, a little branding thing where, you know, this has been an SOR media production because, you know, we're doing the production work behind the scenes and stuff. So. Yeah, I don't care. Well, so I, I, I thought that would be kind of cool because we're doing multiple things and just throw it under one thing, you know. But at the same time, it's like this entire process with you, like, I think my number one 
concern has been like, you know, well, you know, how does Adam feel about this? And, you know, I don't want to do this without asking Adam first. And, you know, I, I just, I don't want to like just be that oblivious dude that takes a ball and runs with it. And you're just sitting there going, well, Hey, this is my thing too. So I will, I will put this to rest right here right now <laughs> for everybody to hear. You two are in the driver's seat. I'm just along for the ride. So yeah, but I didn't want it to be that way. You know, <laughs> I am not in the driver's seat. I just produced this. Yeah, I, I'm here to get told what to do, not to tell. <laughs> Travis is here to get told. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Where was I that have, when you were 12? <laughs> yeah, well, I have my I have I have a whole different show that I can do all this other stuff on. I'm just here to to hit record and put it in Google Drive. <laughs> you guys have kind of like a easier outlet and you're a lot looser with the things that you talk about on track walk than we are like absolutely like we're a little more uptight with what we do here because you know it's like i don't know if kids listen to this so i try not to you know use like bad language or anything like that and you know there's people that you know might be offended by that that listen to this that you know i genuinely care about our listeners and i don't want to upset anybody so you know i think in the racing crowd it was a little it's a little bit different see because it's not quite as family oriented no adults no as much as we like to pretend that rc is a big family thing and we need to get kids and stuff like that and which is true but one thing i noticed very early on was that the episodes where we cared a little bit less were the episodes where people liked a lot more and it Which kind of, I get that. It kind of got me to a point where I was just like, you know, I because I, I, I go back and I listen to my old episodes every once in a while, and how my idea of what maybe a sketch topic to talk about then is way different than what it is now, and it it's honestly just a lot better if I don't worry about the subject matter on my show. It's just, it's not a concerning point for me anymore because at the end of the day, it's now, now I, I guess an anecdote on that is that COVID impacted a lot of things. So the roadmap for what the show was going to be this year is very different. So there was some improv improvisation along the way, but yeah, I mean, I just, I, one, it's a, it's kind of exhausting to care on that front. Especially yeah, when there's not any way. racing. I agree with that. And then two, it's just, you know what? It it really actually did not become a problem like in the beginning maybe we thought it would if we had gone that route. And I mean we're not we're not ridiculous now, but we can afford ourselves the opportunities to just, you know what, not care for, you know, here or there. And that I think the show is a lot better for it. Yeah. And like the thing is too, like with because scale RC is different and it is more family oriented and stuff. Like I really didn't, I wanted to be able to get industry people on here and not have it be a thing where they're going to get in trouble at work the next day because we're saying, you know, F this and that and mm -hmm. whatnot, you know? And so that's something I, I kind of have worried about. Like, trust me, I wish that we could speak totally freely on stuff and I could just be like, dude, that's so dumb. Or, you know, just be really vocal about it and real about our thoughts on stuff. But you just, you can't because you don't want to isolate anybody. Yeah. And, 
it, it's it's really hard, and and that's why I liked our after dark episode. But that's also part of the reason why I haven't released it yet too, is because I'm just so on the fence because I don't want people to be upset by it because you know we're living in such a you know like tense environment to begin with that it doesn't take a whole lot to set people off anymore, and. You know, it, it's just kind of something that I worry about. But man, I w- I really do wish we could just be more open and say whatever. You know, like Joe Rogan or what you guys do or Tim Smith. Like I just I love how honest and true Tim Smith is when he's talking about stuff because he'll just you know be like, hey, you're being an idiot or and, what? And I, you like, know, he says what we all want to say. You know what I mean? And it's not like he doesn't pay for that. He absolutely does. But, yeah, that's true. We've seen him get beat up pretty hard. Yeah, but at the end of the day, the people that like really matter to him are still there in the end. And, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, like with us, like we don't have to worry about the industry isolation because a lot of the industry is just like us, and they're people that we know directly. And so, it, yeah, I mean, it's just a different dynamic here. It, yeah, it makes sense over there not so much so i mean we can but we we don't need to so yeah it's just kind of a it's just a different it's a different formula you know like i said i when i came on here i had zero intention of making it anything like the other show right and ever ever really trying to draw any comparison or build any bridge that's not the point and it's not the environment to do so. So I don't know. I mean, I that track walk, I'm kind of free to do whatever I want to do with it. And that's awesome. So I'm happy doing that. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe we release it just on Patreon, get people's feedback if it upsets some people. That's a good Patreon exclusive. Then. Yeah, because it's hard to do. That's something I really need to do, actually, is, um, you know, that if you want to do that, yeah, put it on Patreon and have patrons only. That's not uncommon in the podcast world. That really is Oh, not. really? No, not at all. Have some kind of like just brief disclaimer saying, hey, you know, we're joking around about some stuff. We're, you know, we may say something sucks so, yeah. or whatever, but so, we don't necessarily mean that. It's just a personal feeling. You know, like there's so much that you have to explain to kind of cover your own ass before you, you know, do something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was something I did on my Patreon uh, very briefly, but it was well received was um, I actually would pre-record. So, you know, just like how we did tonight where we had like a half hour of talking before we actually got on with the show, you know, track walk for a long time, actually not so much recently, but for a long time was the same way. And so what I did was I would record that and post. And that, I mean, that was way worse than anything we record barring after dark episodes and um i just post that to the patreon and that's just something else to give them on top of you know early access and and people liked that you know because it just felt because then it still felt a little bit more real and the subject matter even then really didn't matter as much yeah because i i really would like to be able to speak like super frankly and openly with people and stuff you know it's there's so much of if you know so-and-so is acting fake or whatever, you know, because you're, you know, watching your language or doing something for the benefit of others. And so it's like, there's people that are into that, like super realistic approach that, you know, they're talking to you just like, you know, your buddy's talking about whatever over a beer. And then there's the people that, 
really listen to us just for getting something meaningful out of the show and like using it as like a learning tool or something. You know what I mean? Well, there you go. We talk a lot about tech stuff. There you go. Do a Patreon bonus once a month. That is exactly like that. Yeah. Or something like that. This is the second night in a row that I've recorded actually that Jake is trying to climb onto my chair and give me a hug right at the end of my last show. This is exactly what he was doing. He got really restless. Weird. Maybe he knows you're about to wrap it up and it's playtime with dad. He's so funny. Yeah, probably. That's exactly how it went before. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Anyways. Well, I think awesome. we kind of covered everything. I mean, I what I would really like one of these days is just some people's like thoughts and comments after we post the show. We always get a lot of input and discussion prior to recording. It would be really cool to like hear what people have to say after like, you know, hey, I wish you would have talked about this more instead of this or, you know, you guys briefly discussed this technical aspect of the hobby and I wish you would have dove into that a little bit more for our benefit like you know so i mean i we, i would really like some honest feedback from we people did get the request of, for more stories on the last show did we which kind i never more hearing with, more like, about I, the adventures i think that stuff's fun i mean yeah i, I don't mind talking about that stuff um, and hopefully you know next year things will loosen up and we'll be able to travel more and actually have more stories to tell because obviously this year hasn't given us a lot of material to work with. No, unfortunately not. Maybe we get a good one out of next weekend. Um, real quick before we wrap up, Eric Warren actually managed to squeeze a question in like 10 minutes ago. Oh, cool. Um, and I, I tried to clarify if it was drag racing or crawling, but he has yet to respond to me as of 946. So start, So sorry, Eric, if you respond later. Um, he says, I hope I'm not too late. So if so, maybe next week. But I would really, I would like to know how you mix it up so that your top drivers aren't always your top drivers, meaning we have competitions in the same five or four or five or six guys are always winning. How do you suggest that we mix things up a bit so that other drivers have an opportunity to win competitions also? It's not competition then. Yeah. I mean, that's really, I don't know what you can do because that's just sort of the nature of, of how that stuff goes. I mean, that's, that's hard. Cause if he's talking about comp stuff, it's like you try to have a couple feel good gates for guys that aren't quite as good so that they get that like feeling of you know accomplishing an obstacle and tackling it well and then you still have to have technical stuff for the guys that are super super good drivers so i mean it's really hard and i was always trying to find that balance with the courses i designed to where both types of people would be happy you know not so hard that a guy gets frustrated and doesn't want to do it again but not so easy that a guy doesn't want to do it again you know what i mean so yeah that's that's really hard and i mean competition's competition like it's always the best dude on top in Mm. most situations and i think if you make it to where other people have a chance to win as nice and fair as that sounds that's not really the spirit of competition i guess and i hope he doesn't take that as me being a dick like i'm just offering my two cents in on it you know what i mean like i I wish everybody could get the feeling of winning something like it's amazing and i it's something i wish everybody could experience you know being on top of any kind of race or competition but it just isn't realistic well this is true in all forms of motorsport not even rc i mean like for example i've been a formula one fan for like 10 years now and i have yet or i guess nine 
And I have yet to see a season that came down to the wire. Every yeah. year has been absolutely dominated by somebody else. So that's, it's like, that's true. And, and, like, and what do you, it, and the thing is, is like people ask, it's like, well, what can you do? Right. And what, what can the organization do besides deliberately slow down the person or team that's dominating? Yeah. That's the tricky part. Cause like, I don't know. Here's the way I thought about it from like with racing moto and stuff was I'm good locally, like always like top three, never won a race. I was always second or third. So I never really got to experience that, but racing international level, I was mid to back of the field and I wasn't upset about that. I didn't go into it expecting to win because I just, I was aware of my ability level. You know, I wasn't like trying to fool myself into thinking that I was better than I really was. And I was content just being part of the show. Like you, there always has to be somebody bringing up the back of the pack. You know, it's not always going to be a 20 way fight for first place. Like that, that isn't how it works. Competition everywhere would be unreal and racing would be unreal. If everyone was like James Stewart, where he was on his back as much as he was on two wheels. Yeah. You know, but unfortunately things are just not like that. And that's true all the way down to RC rock crawling or drag racing. Like, and if you're speaking to drag racing it's like, well, if you change up stuff to where the guy that, you know, is driving the fastest with the fastest car isn't winning. Well, then that doesn't that kind of defeat the point of drag racing. No, because there's always that hope of like, you know, you always want to win. Like, it doesn't matter if you know you're going to be back in the field. It's always like something might happen and I might have a chance to win this. Like, there's always that thought in your mind. And, like, the whole idea of competing is to try and win, you know. And with me, it's more like I kind of knew my role. And it was more like a bucket list item to try and compete at that level instead. And I guess I kind of look at that with RC stuff, too. It's like, yeah, you know, I might have the chance to do well if everything you know the stars align right and stuff but for the most part like whether you're first or you're the last guy you're still a part of the program and a part of the race no matter what and so you know there's there always has to be people to fill those roles yeah long story short we don't know what to do yeah sorry (laughs) (laughs) well like uh, Ricky Bobby says, if you ain't first, you're last. Yeah, and somebody's got to be. Might as well be me. That that movie made you laugh a lot about that mentality of always having to c- compete. Oh yeah, dude. Because and they're like we've all seen guys like that, like James Stewart and Ricky Carmichael, like earlier in Carmichael's career, where it was like. And even Pastrana, it was always like win or die. Like that's always how every race was going to be. For you know, guys. people, you know, everyone, everyone always references that movie Idiocracy as like a uh, example of like society going the way it is and how that's becoming more of a documentary. But Talladega Nights is absolutely becoming a documentary for the racing world. Like it is, it, especially like here in RC, like it is totally like, there are so many people that are so similar to that that and it's so funny if you sit back and you like and <laughs> with all it. due respect 
Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then just, I saw that the other day, one of the drag racing pages, the dude's like, you know, I don't want to be a dick and light up a company online, but, but. Like, oh, okay, well, you're going to do it anyways. Yeah. So really what you said doesn't really cancel out the damage you're about to do. So <laughs> Hey, so like, nothing's stopping right. you. That's good. But hey, you said with all due respect. Right, so that cancels it out. Yeah. This guy was like just trashing on Phantom stuff. Yeah. You know, it was a Northwest driver, and he was just trashing on Phantom stuff. Shit's garbage, blah, 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 blah. You know, but it started out with, you know, I'm not trying to do, you know, but... <laughs> yeah, I just always thought that was funny. I've I've said this on Trackhawk a couple of times now, and it's just like oh, it, it it's becomes totally more and more true. Too. It it absolutely is. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Anyhow, um, should we wrap this up? Yeah, yeah. Unless Adam's got something else. No, that's it. It was good having you back, dude. Yeah, I, know I was it's looking been forward hectic. to this. It's it's been hectic, so um, maybe next time I'll maybe be a little more in depth on that like this is actually the first weekend i'm looking forward to because i'm not working oh so. right on but well good hopefully you can go have some fun then hell yeah so anywho cool Alrighty. Well, all right guys take her easy see you everybody <laughs>